Good evening, everybody. It's good to be with you. My name's Carl. Um, I'm going to be talking to you now for about the next 20 minutes. But before we do that, I think with all the stuff that Creation Fest have had to deal with, with the weather and all the other things I've had to contend with to get to this year, we should give them a bit of a cheer. Good job. They've done great, haven't they? I've run in a couple of festivals myself. I know how hard it is, and honestly, they've just done a fantastic job. Now, I've got a very short period of time with you, um, and I'm going to cut straight to the point tonight. Um, and then I'm going to be asking some of you to make a decision. Some of you to make a decision that you might have made before, but to make it with greater intent, or to come back to a decision that you made previously, and some for the first time. And I'm going to start with a declaration of faith. I am a committed Christian. I came to Christ when I was 18. I'm 50 in February. I've never, ever regretted that decision. I believe, and many of you do here too, that God made the heavens and the earth. And I believe that he made you. And I believe that he loves you. And I know that because my Bible tells me, I believe that God in heaven knows every hair on your head. He knows every word on your tongue. He knows every cell in your body. He knows all the days of your life. Even though they haven't all come to pass yet, he knows and he loves you. He knows all the stuff you've done that you regret. He loves, he, he loves you despite that. He loves you despite the things that you wish no one knew about, but he knows about. He still loves you. And I know that because he sent his son, Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells me that Jesus died on a cross for you. And I believe that with all my heart. This is simple stuff, but it's so important. And I believe that even now, as I am speaking, there are people here, young and old, listening to this, who need to respond. Because your Father in heaven loves you more than you could ever conceive. And even now, I believe that some people's hearts are beating because you know that your Father in heaven has been calling you back. None of you here tonight are here by accident. And none of you are accidents. Even though you might look in the mirror and think it some mornings. You're actually not. You are deeply loved by your Father in heaven. Now, some years ago, I went to a place called Belfast. Anyone here from Ireland? Or Northern Ireland? There's one person over on my left. You're very welcome. I've been to Belfast a bunch of times. And I had an encounter once which actually blew my mind. Now, there was something in Northern Ireland called the Troubles. I'm presuming you've all heard about that. It went on from the 1960s until about 1998. And as part of that, there were terrorist groups causing mayhem and there was basically a war going on across Northern Ireland. A few years ago, I had the privilege of paying a visit there. Now, if you were in the provisional IRA and you were a terrorist, uh, pretty much we can agree that you'd be a man of violence or a woman of violence, you'd be hardened, you'd be bitter, you'd have a lot of anger. These were tough people, very hardened people, committing all kinds of basically terrorist atrocities. And I was invited once to go and meet one of them, along with a police officer who used to be in what they call, the, what called, they don't anymore, the Royal Ulster Constabulary. 
And I went into this living room in a house in a place called Ballymena, slightly nervous. I'm sure many of you, if you're about to meet a Harlan terrorist, would be just a little bit nervous, even though I'm from Essex and we're not meant to be nervous of anything. And I'll thank you for the three people here from Essex. As I walked into this room, like kid you not, I met one of the softest, kindest, nicest people you'd ever meet in all your life. And I spoke to this policeman, we were sitting there, me, the terrorist, and the cop. And, and I said to them, how have you become mates? And the policeman said this, we used to hunt each other on the streets of Belfast. And now we've both committed followers of Jesus and we're on the men's breakfast planning committee. And the only thing we row about is whether the eggs are poached or fried. How amazing is that? How do you go from being a terrorist to being on the men's breakfast planning committee with an ex-cop whose job is in an undercover unit hunting terrorists? Only Jesus Christ can do that. Do you agree with me? Only Jesus Christ can do that. Only Jesus Christ can soften hearts and change hearts like that. And it's called the gospel. It's called good news. Now, he can transform anybody. I'll tell you another story. I used to have a mate called Brian. It's not alive anymore. It's with Jesus now. But Brian was a, was a gang member. And to cut a very long story short, he once hurt someone so badly that they were in critical care in hospital. And they were so scared of Brian. But he didn't realise this because he thought he killed him. This bloke actually left the country. And it turned out years later he went to live in Australia. Anyway, I met Brian 40 years after he battered someone and put this person into critical care and thought he killed him. And Brian wasn't a Christian. And we journeyed together, and we chatted together, and we prayed together. And eventually, Brian did give his life to Jesus Christ, which I'll explain in a bit how we do that. But Brian said to me, the problem is, BG, I've got lorry loads of sin in my life. I went, mate, God can forgive anything. And he went, he can't forgive me because I nearly battered someone to death. In fact, I think I might have killed him. I've lost all track of him. It's 40 years ago. And I said to him, Brian, Jesus can forgive anybody and anything. Do you know what I believe and what I've experienced? God writes no one off. He's a God of a thousand second chances. And no one's beyond his love. None of you sitting out here tonight. It's true, because the Bible tells me. Anyway, Brian was then sitting in a church service where actually someone said, because Brian had driven a lorry once, so he used this expression as he did to me. Someone said, God can forgive lorry loads of sin. Brian came over to afterwards. He still said, no, God can't do that. Anyway, long story short, about a fortnight later, Brian was walking down Billericay High Street. Anyone heard of Billericay? It's in Essex, not Ireland. No connection. He was walking down Billericay High Street and he saw a bloke walking towards him in a big cowboy hat, talking to a group of people in a broad Australian accent. And Brian realised that he recognised this bloke. It was a rival gang member that he'd been battered 40 years earlier. And now this bloke was walking towards him in Billericay, in Essex, this obscure place. And they bumped into each other. I think Brian tried to avoid him. But they bumped into each other. And this bloke said to him, he went, I know who you are. And Brian said, I know who you are. He said, I was so scared of you. All those years ago, I left. I left the country. I went to live in Sydney. I was that frightened of you. And Brian said, I thought you were dead. 
He said, I know, you, you, I was terrified you were going to kill me. He said, but I'll tell you what happened, Brian. When I lived in Australia, I met someone called Jesus Christ. And he changed my life. And I forgave you 40 years ago. But you wouldn't know about that, would you? And these two guys miraculously met in the high street, these tough ex-gang members, and started hugging and crying together. They were, that's amazing. Only Jesus could do that, can't he? But then you're thinking, but Carl, Beachy, I'm not a terrorist. I'm an accountant. I'm not a gang member. I work in Greg's. Well, here's the thing. This is the truth. All of us carry stuff. And many of us think, if everyone knew what was in my life, you wouldn't love me. You wouldn't go near me. Uh, I, you know, there, there are kids here tonight, and you're in pain, you can't kick into touch. And some of you are self-harming and all sorts. You're hurting. There, there are adults here. You could be minted. You have hundreds of thousands in the bank, but you're struggling and no one knows. You could be in a marriage and you're just, you're just struggling. You could be single. You just feel like there's no future for you. It could be coming out of the pandemic and things have gone pear-shaped like that for so many people. It could be wrestling with anxiety. You could be sitting there thinking, actually, mate, I'm doing great. I'm on to be second sun seeker. But actually, deep down, you're thinking, what me, what's my life actually about? Where am I heading? We all carry stuff. All of us. There's a story in the Bible, which I'm going to read, and then I'm going to finish. There's a story in the Bible about an encounter that Jesus had. It's in, in a book called Luke, in the fifth chapter of it. And it says this about Jesus, that once he was in one of the cities, and a man covered with leprosy saw Jesus and fell on his face and pleaded with Jesus to make him clean. And it says that Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And the Bible says that immediately the leprosy left him. There were two miracles here in this brief bit of the Bible I just read you. And the Bible, by the way, is amazing. And if you don't read it, you should, because it'll blow your mind. It's the best of thrillers, action, mystery. It's all in there, everything. This little story is profound for the two miracles. Number one, the leper was healed. And we do believe in a God who can heal today and transform your life. You mostly physically can. The Bible tells me that. But the most profound miracle for me was that that man was touched. And how many of us have missed a hug during lockdown? It's horrible, isn't it? Not being able to hug your mates and shake hands and all that kind of stuff. Well, if you were a leper in the ancient Middle East, you actually had to walk around and proclaim yourself to be unclean. You'd have to announce that you were unclean before you went near people. You were seen as a spiritual and physical scumbag, an actual waste of space, a loser with no help, and no one would love you ever. And if you touch someone with leprosy, in those days, if you touch someone, you made yourself unclean as well. So what Jesus is doing here is saying, Stuff the rest of you. This man needs a hug. I put a hand on him. And if people think I'm unclean, so what? Don't matter. And that man, the miracle for him, that leper, he was touched. Jesus basically saying to him, I love you. 
And it is a demonstration to us that nothing you do, nothing you've done, and nothing you will go on to do is outside of the love of God. Do you believe that? Nothing you do is outside the love of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells me 2,000 years ago, he died on a cross. When he was nailed to a lump of wood, it was for you. And all the pain and all the stuff, which we call sin, not Weight Watchers sin, spelt with a Y, sin spelt with an I, all the mess and the pain and the stuff that drags us to hell. Because there's bad news too, by the way, which is if we ignore God, we go on a road to hell. And then some of you try going your own way. You get out on the lash, then the hangover comes again in the morning. You're trying to sort your finances out yourself, it's not working. You're trying to sort your anxiety out and you can't find peace. I know it because I've been there. I'm like, this, ain't, this ain't rhetoric. I've journeyed it. When Jesus died on the cross, he took all the pain away from you. So that when you say, Father, help me, you just say, help me. Would you forgive me? You can know peace. 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 Healing. And not only that, not only does Jesus change your life for now, the decision you make for him changes where you are going to be 10,000 years from now. Because this life ain't it. This is but a dream you'll one day wake up from. Believe that with all my heart. And one day we'll wake up and we'll be with Jesus who breathed our laugh last. And if you put your faith, hope, life and trust in Christ, one day you'll wake up and you'll be with the Lord in a place of amazing beauty and peace that the Bible tells us. You'll also be with each other. If you put your faith, hope, life and trust in Christ, I'll be there as well. I'll be, hello, it's only me. What a nightmare. Don't let that put you off. It's actually the truth. One day we will die. Happy Creation Fest. You're going to die. You are. Life goes fast. But if you put your faith, hope, life and trust in Christ, it will not only change your life for now, but for your destiny. And I believe with all my heart, because I've seen it happen, when Brian, the terrorist, the businessman, the mum who's struggling with her kids, the kids struggling with anxiety, in all of us, you grant us his peace. And it's not easy. Let me just say this to finish. If you put your faith, hope, life and trust in Christ, it's hard. It's not a crutch. To walk the narrow path of following Jesus is the hardest and toughest thing you'd ever do. But it's incredible. And what Jesus will do is he will make you the man or woman that you deep down know you ought to be. And he'll fashion you and change you and make you into something incredible. And then he'll use you to fix up this broken world. He's calling you to a mission. So I'm saying this. If you want to put your faith, hope, life and trust in Christ, then I'm going to ask you to make a decision for him. It may be that you once made that decision, but you know you've not been living that to the full. You know where you're at. Well, I'm giving you an opportunity tonight to actually say, no, I'm all in. I'm on the front foot of God's purposes. I'm living for Jesus now. You can do that tonight. And I'm going to ask you to do that in a way that's really super scary. And I can tell by looking at some of you, you know you need to respond. But it's going to be cool. Because when I ask you to do what I'm going to ask you to do in a minute, people are going to cheer and clap as you come to the front. And the people in green, the green people, will pray for you. 
And I'll come down, I'll, I'll come and pray for you. They might even have something to give you, put in your hands to help you. But let me pray, if you'd let me do that. And then I'm going to say how we're going to go about this. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you now. Would you pour out your presence upon us? Would you be here now, Father? Just us lot. Here at the Cornwall Showground. You're the creator of the heavens and the earth. You're amazing. And you love all these guys. I can feel it. I can feel your love for them. So Father, would you come now by the power of your Holy Spirit and pour out your power as you move into this final stage. What I'm going to say is this. If you want to commit your life to Christ, or even say a small yes in a way that you understand, because there's a lot to understand. If you want to say to Jesus, yeah, I believe you died for me, and we believe that Jesus rose again, do we not? And gave us new hope and a new future. If you want to put your trust in him, or at least make a move towards him, then I want you to do something really tough, which is to say, yeah, I do want to follow you. I don't want to live my own rules anymore. I want to live for Jesus. I want you just to walk to this barrier at the front. Just come forward and kneel. And just kneel in front of Jesus and say, here I am. You might not understand it all. You might not. But I'm going to ask you to do it. And if you feel like you need to recommit to Christ, you are not here by accident. Now's the time to say, yes, Father. Actually, no, I'm, I'm not going to muck about this anymore. I want to live for Jesus. So if that's you, don't delay now. Would you come forward now and just simply kneel in front of this barrier if you want to put your faith, hope, life and trust in Christ, maybe for the first time, or to recommit your life to him. And we'll give it a moment because it takes a lot of guts. And in years past, we've seen people here at this event, their lives change forever because of the decision that they made. So if that's you, come forward and kneel at the front here. And we'll give you a big cheer and we'll give you a big clap unless you do that to me. Then we won't because we don't embarrass you. Come on, let's do it. Come forward now. Let's come and kneel. And just be brave. Just be brave. Your Father in heaven's watching over you. Be brave. It change your life. Change your destinies. Change your future. That's it. Let's keep clapping and cheering these beautiful souls putting their faith, hope, life and trust in Christ. If you're at the back, you can run forward. Just, let's just do this. Pour out your spirit, God. I still believe there's people to respond. Just giving their life to Christ for the first time and recommitting to him. We're going to keep, we're going to keep waiting. It's a, it's a precious place of waiting. It's a spirit stirring. Come on, beautiful. We're just going to keep me in God's presence. Holy Spirit, just keep stirring hearts. I know, I know it in my heart. There's still people worried and heart stumping. Come on, beautiful, come forward. That's it. It's the most beautiful, powerful, game-changing decision you'd ever make. And I'm famous for asking a million times. So I know our heart is, oh, wonderful. That's it, just keep coming. As you're processing what I'm saying, that Jesus Christ lived, died and rose again for you. Give you a new hope, a new future, a new start. That's it. Come forward. Be brave. God's watching you. He's watching over you. Wonderful.
The Father in heaven smiling. And who knows, there's a party in heaven, isn't there? It's a party in heaven. The angels rejoice, the Bible tells us. And Jesus said of himself that he's the bread of life. If you partake of Jesus, you'll never hunger again. You'll never thirst again. He's, he's the only one who can satisfy your soul. I know there'll be someone sitting in tonight and thinking, oh, I'd go back to the bottle. I could go back to this. I could go back to whatever. But you know, because I'm saying it to you, it's true. Only the Bible will scratch the itch. Only Jesus will satisfy. He's the bread of life. If you want to receive the bread of life, come forward. Give one last chance. And then we'll move on. So anyone else? Anyone else? These final moments. Anybody else want to make Jesus the Lord of their life and Saviour? Come on. Praise God. Praise God. From whom all blessings flow. I'm going to hand over to my beautifully talented Steph to lead us in a, a response. I think amazing grace. I mean, if you can. Do you know that one? The guys are going to come and pray for you. I think if you've got people who can come and pray for these guys, that'd be great just to listen what we're going to do. You're going to be people who are going to come and pray for you. And if you still want to respond, you still can. You can respond all across this weekend. But we'd love to pray for you. And what I'd ask you to do, and this is really important, let someone know tonight. Send a text, a message, let your church leader know, people you come with. Let them know that you put your faith, hope, trust in Christ. I'm going to come down and say hi to you as well. So God bless you.